Anamorphs Allowed Part 7.5 Megamorphs 1 The Andalite's Gift This is a fan production of the series Anamorphs, which was written by K.A. Applegate and is owned by Scholastic. Read aloud by Rena Gale. Chapter 1 Jake My name is Jake. Just Jake. No last name. Or at least, no last name I can tell you. I am an anamorph. I guess that makes me one of the most hunted, endangered species on Earth. The Yerks want me dead. They want my friends dead. So if they knew who I was and how to find me, I wouldn't have a chance. That's why I won't tell you my last name. And I won't tell you what city or state I live in. Because I want to go on living. I want to go on living so I can go on fighting them. Are you one of those people who looks up at the night sky and wonders whether there is life out there among the stars? Do you wonder about UFOs? Do you wonder whether aliens will ever come to Earth? Well, stop wondering. The Yerks are here. They're a species of parasites. Just little slugs, really. Little slugs that crawl inside your head and wrap themselves around your brain and make you do whatever they want you to do. When that happens, you stop being a true human being. You become a controller. That's what we call a human who is under the control of a yerk. When you talk to a controller, you may be looking at a human face, you may hear a human voice, but what you're really talking to is a yerk. And they are everywhere. If you think you haven't seen one, you're wrong. The policeman in his patrol car, the clerk at the grocery store, your teacher, your pastor, your doctor, any of them might be a controller. Your mother, father, sister, or best friend, they could all be controllers. I know. My brother Tom is one of them. They have taken my brother from me and made him an enemy. I sit at the breakfast table every morning and make small talk, knowing all the while that Tom is not Tom anymore. And they have taken my best friend's mother. Everyone thinks Marco's mother is dead. Only he and I know the truth. She, too, is one of them. They are everywhere. They can be anyone. They tear lives apart. They do unspeakable things. And we stand against them alone. Only we know the threat. We six. Five anamorphs and one andalite. Five human kids with the power to become any animal we can touch. And a kid from another planet who looks like some weird mix of deer, human, and scorpion. The six of us against all the might of the Yerks and all the evil genius of their leader, Visser Three. Which is why Rachel was worried about leaving, even for a weekend. We were all together that Friday evening, Marco, Cassie, Tobias, Rachel, and me. Axe wasn't there because he would have had to change into his human morph. He doesn't like to become human. I think he feels naked without his deadly tail. So it was just the five of us in Cassie's barn, surrounded by all the chattering, snuffling, chirping, preening, and smelly animals in their cages. The barn is also the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. Cassie's parents are veterinarians. 
They use their barn to take in sick or injured wild animals. It's just this stupid two-day gymnastics camp I signed up for a long time ago, Rachel was saying. It's no big deal. It's something I was going to do back, you know, before. Rachel, you should go, Cassie said. Our entire lives cannot be about fighting the Yerks. We have to try to be semi-normal. I mean, it can't all be danger and battle and fear, right? So go. But for now, help me lift up this crow's cage. He's going up on that shelf. Cassie was trying to get us to help clean up the barn. We used the barn to get together. It was one of the few places we could meet with Tobias. See, he can't exactly go to the mall. Crows, Tobias said, in thought speak that we heard only in our minds. I can't believe you're saving a crow. I hate crows. You know how he probably got that broken wing? Trying to mob a respectable hawk. That's how. Crows are total punks. Tobias was perched high in the rafters of the barn. From up there, he could fly in and out through the hayloft. Tobias is a red-tailed hawk. Actually, in his mind, in his soul, he's human. But the power to morph has a terrifying downside. Stay and morph for more than two hours, and you stay forever. Tobias was trapped forever, in a body with long, powerful wings, ripping, taloned feet, and fierce, angry eyes that stared at you around his hooked beak. You would never guess that he had once been such a gentle guy. I guess he still is that guy, but he's also a hawk. Yeah, I'm looking at you, crow, Tobias said in mock threat. Obviously, the crow did not understand thought speak. Cassie smiled. Tobias, I promise when we release this guy, we'll take him far from your territory. I already told Melissa Chapman I wasn't going, Rachel said, going back to her own topic. She went up to the camp this afternoon, right after school. Marco, who had been lying back on a big bale of hay and staring at the ceiling, sat up. Rachel doesn't think we can survive without her for two days. After all, she is the mighty Xena warrior princess. It was Marco's teasing name for Rachel. Rachel has a tendency to be very bold. Anytime there's something borderline insane that needs to be done, Rachel is always the first volunteer. Marco, you have hay stuck in your hair, Rachel said. He ignored her remark. Rachel thinks if she's not here and we have trouble, we'll all just run screaming and yammering like a bunch of scared little kids. He put on a phony serious expression. All I want to know is this. Why don't you dress like Xena? I mean, the whole leather and sword thing really work for you. Okay, shut up. I'll go, Rachel said. I'll go. I'm going. Just to get away from Marco for a couple days. I'll catch the bus tomorrow morning. Think of me when you're on the uneven parallel bars, Marco said. But it wasn't to Marco that Rachel looked. It was to Tobias. You guys will stay out of trouble while I'm gone, won't you? We'll be fine, Rachel. Tobias said. I saw Cassie smile, and my gaze met hers. She gave a slight nod. Cassie has a theory that Rachel and Tobias like each other. Not that Rachel has ever said anything, even though Rachel and Cassie are best friends. Cassie thinks it's sweet and romantic. I just think it's kind of sad. I mean, as far as we know, Tobias will never be fully human again. We should all just enjoy a nice, normal weekend, I said. Have normal fun 
we've had plenty of danger and excitement. Marco sent me a sly, resentful look. Some of us are going to have more fun than some others. Some of us are going to pool parties that some of us were not invited to. He shook his fist melodramatically at the ceiling. Why? Why? What does that girl have against me? I rolled my eyes. Here we go again. Cassie rescued me. I need someone strong to come outside with me, help me carry in some new cages from the truck. Marco? Oh, my back! Marco cried. A sudden shooting pain! I'm coming, Cassie, I said. I gave Marco a shove, pushing him back on his bale of hay. You're so pathetic. Don't strain yourself, Marco said with a cocky grin. Outside, out of the golden glow of the barn's lights, it was getting dark. A full moon had risen, and you could just see the first stars off to the east. The pickup truck was piled precariously high with wire cages. I climbed up and began to untie the rope that held them in place. It seems strange, Rachel going away, even for a couple of days, Cassie said. And it seems even stranger that it would seem strange. I mean, it should be no big deal. Well, I guess when life turns completely crazy, it's the normal things that start to seem strange. Cassie nodded slowly. For a while, she said nothing. She just stood there with her arms crossed, looking up at the moon. I climbed down off the truck. What's bothering you? She shrugged. Nothing. Just a feeling. I don't know. Bad dreams, I guess. I have those too, I said. We all do. You can't live through all this and not have it bother you. What's the dream about? The ant thing? We'd morphed ants once. We'd gone down into an ant tunnel and had been attacked by an enemy colony of ants. No one wanted to go through that ever again. Not ever. No, not the ants, Cassie said. At least, not directly. It's... it's dumb. There's... something. I don't even know what it is, but it's not a good thing. And it asks me to make a choice. In the dream, I have to decide who lives and who dies. I moved closer to Cassie and put my arm around her shoulder. There were goosebumps on her bare arms. I never used to be afraid, Jake, Cassie said. Not of anything. And now it's like I'm afraid all the time. You deal with it, though, I said. It made me nervous talking about feelings like this. I guess I think if you just don't talk about the fear, it will go away. You always deal with it, I repeated. So far, Cassie said softly. So far. <laughs>